Welcome, everybody, to episode 184 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. You should follow us at Two on Three Pod on Twitter, and you can send us email at Hello. at Two on Three Pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. I'm Chris, and you can find me rocking the small towns at CD Villa Senor on Twitter and reunited, and it feels so good this week with Ty. Where can we find you rocking the suburbs on social media? Oh, you stole my joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Twitter at SCATJK, and I can tell you the only tweet I think about is uh, um, when someone mentioned talking about um, horse paste in the way that Arrested Development sings. Uh, Tennessee. And <laughs> there was an exchange I had a couple weeks ago and I can't stop thinking about it because he's talking about like saying a tube of horse paste the way they say, now you owe me a watermelon and or, or a game of horseshoes. I'm trying, I mean, that's what it was. A game of horseshoes is a tube of horse paste. You know that, you know, the Tennessee, <laughs> Tennessee by arrested sh- development. Sure. You know, Tennessee, sure. Tennessee. Yeah. So whatever the, uh, Huey bollocks, the person who tweeted it. I, I, I often interact with him and, and uh, I just tweeted back at him a tube of horse paste, and I can't <laughs> stop saying it. I gave a horseshoe. And then someone else tweeted, for some strange, strange reason, it had to be he guided me to feed and seed, and this has been occupying a large portion of my brain for going on two <laughs> weeks. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing on Twitter. People are so interested in veterinary science these days. It's just crazy. I don't even I don't even know what's going on. It's hey. weird. It's it's like really weird. Yeah, I mean, anyway. you know, it, it, it causes sterility in 85% of men, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Hey, do if that's you. what you want. If that's what you want, that's what uh, you do. Sometimes hey. a problem solves itself. <laughs> hey, thanks to Josh for filling in for me last week. And um, we're, back on the, we're back on the ride together this week. So um, Good to have lots of things happen. L- lots of things happening. So there's a little bit of a class reunion thing happening because, and I'll tell you the story as we get into it. But this week we're going to talk about class reunion movies. Uh, we're going to do a little rock and roll time travel ticket, so uh, we'll see. What, we'll get into that. Uh, since we're the only, since I'm the only one who watches tennis <laughs> in the United States of America, although it's pre- it seems pretty popular this year, um, a little U.S. Open. Catch I'll up. save it for the segment, but I have watched more of the U.S. Open this year than last five years combined. Been pretty great. Anyway, um, um, in the testies, we'll do the testies. <laughs> <laughs> And in the OT, we'll talk about some uh, an amazing piece of, piece of uh, nostalgia farming that came out this week. So sounds good. Um, let's jump into the uh, just what I was doing while I was away. Yeah, catch so. us up on your rock and roll adventures. I alluded to them last week while you were absent. Okay, by all means, tell us what. Yes. Yeah. So I play in Carlinville, Illinois' premier um, rock party band. Sure. Called the Basements. The basements were formed in 1985, and we played high school parties and whatnot, and all through college, weddings, and, you know, we put on our own gigs, and we just played, like, you know, the the metal, hair metal type rock and roll classic covers, you know, the, of the era. Give, give me, give the audience... Three, four tracks that you cover, so we can. So we do the. So we do the. So we do the. Um, shook me all night long. Have a drink on me. Okay. Long one, which is okay. A huge crowd pleaser. Uh, they they love that song. They do many many probably too many poison covers. <laughs> for some <laughs> odd, for some odd reason, our lead guitarist plays those solos like really like super well. So we just we play a lot of poison. Um. You know, there was a you know things like American Girl with Tom Petty. I mean, like again, it's like a, a if you were if you were a redneck kid growing up in a town of five thousand people in the middle of Illinois, mm-hmm. and you said I'd like this, I'd like a band to play my party, like that you you'd get the you'd get the perfect you'd get the perfect you know collection of music from us. How mad at me, or would you, or, or shocked would you be? If I told you that I quite literally have been sitting here trying to think of a single Poison song, and I know that I know them, but I can't name one right this moment. Talk Dirty to Me. Okay. Every Rose Has a Thorn. Oh, yes, of course. Everybody knows Every Rose, right? That's an an easy one. I could, you know, for your your entertainment, I could run down. So it's a lot of songs. So (laughs) here's the deal. So we fly back in on a Wednesday. 
Mm-hmm. Thursday we set up. And there's a there's a there's a local dentist who has a rock barn on his uh, on his property. Sure, he, he plays in a, <laughs> he plays in a band like an old timey band. So he's got a whole setup in his shed. He's built this sh- big shed that has a stage and electricity run in it, and it's great. Love it. And he lets us use he lets us use his property. Okay, cool. So we set up on a Thursday. Four and a half, five hours of practice on a Thursday, four and a half, five hours of practice on a Friday, and then a gig on Saturday. All basically, and then boozing every night. <laughs> which is which is why I was such a wreck. It's still, it's like Wednesday now, and I am still a mess. I am just Still like, recovering? Oh my God. Still recovering. But... The uh, but it's great to go back to your you know to your to your little town. But here you go. Well, here's how we, we nothing but a good time. Mm-hmm. Hurts so good. We played Basket Case by Green Day, which is a kind of a more modern piece. Um, <laughs> yeah, that one's only thirty years old. Right. Uh, <laughs> Twist and shout. Keep your hands to yourself, which is always a huge thing. Um, Sweet Child of Mine, Summer of '69. Um, don't you forget about me. Mm. Better, Better Man by Pearl Jam, Surrender by Cheap Trip, Once a Bit and Twice Shy, Times Like These from the from the uh, from the Foo Fighters, um, I Want You to Want Me, and that was like the first set. It is like forty songs. So the Letters to Cleo version, I assume. <laughs> yeah, for sure, hundred <laughs> percent. The um, but yeah, you might but, know this one from a movie called Ten Things I Hate About You. <laughs> People would know that though. They the, would. Um, the, also, uh, now twenty years old, by the way. Yes. Everything is at least twenty-five years old now. <laughs> so that's I just come to grips with that. But it's rough. But you know, we're we're playing this party for the class of nineteen ninety, and the class of nineteen ninety, um, a couple of guys in my band were in the class of nineteen ninety. So, so um, we get shoulder tap from them. Happy to do it. So, um, one of a member of our band is an eighty-eight. And then my friend Darren and I were at 1987, and so 88 can't get their shit together because they're a bunch of you know they're a bunch of toolboxes, so they don't ever have a reunion, so we don't play it. Mm-hmm. But we play 87. We played in 2017. We played our 30, 30. Um, next year's our 35th. I think we're gonna get shoulder tap for that. So I'm probably heading back to Carlinville next summer to play the show again. So we'll have to refresh maybe. We're trying to think about how to refresh maybe twenty percent of the the twenty percent of the list, mm-hmm. and um, which means you know eight songs, eight new eight replacements, which shouldn't be too bad if you're thinking about a year's worth. But you might have yeah. to work in some uh, some more of that early '90s rock. I think so. I think because it's pretty straightforward and pretty easy. I'm pushing for some Creed, <laughs> Bush. <laughs> Some glycerine, I think, would be really good, right? Right into yeah. Machine Head, just back right. to back. Just, just a, yeah, just a really like glycerine, like a, just a just a, a one electric guitar version of glycerine, and then mm-hmm. bang, straight into Machine Head. I so. like those two songs, by the way. Like those are two of my all time favorite rock songs. Yeah, I mean that we, band we might... sucks, and most of their music's <laughs> terrible, but those two songs are awesome. Yeah, you know, if, now that you mentioned that, I should have had you put together your high school reunion cover band list. So <laughs> that'll maybe next year when I go back to Carlinville, play the thing. We'll we'll update you on the list, but it won't change too much because you know we're old and we and uh, but we killed like the last thirty nice. minutes of the show. We were just on fire. Like it, the whole thing just came together, and we just blew the place out. And and it's always nice because you know people don't really see us around very often, right? So you don't live there. I don't live there. <laughs> so they're like, "How how come you guys are so good?" It's like well, I don't know. Everybody plays in their own little way. So when we get back together, it's it's just about stitching it all together. Sure. But my I mean, hands and wrists are ready to fall off, and they're not really that hard. And right, it's like riding a bike. Right. You're like. Uh, you're like an, a veteran NBA player after the dunk contest. You're like, oh, my wrists. <laughs> you <laughs> don't ankles. understand how, how hard that is on me. <laughs> you really don't. Yeah. Three days Three days of, of hard playing is, um, and and then, I've got, and then I got murdered by the bass amp because the bass stack was like right next to me. It was just oh, like my left nice ear. My left ear is just completely toast. Thanks, no Brian. protection. Brian, Brian Schwartz. Uh, friend of the friend of the show and sometime co-host is the bass player in the basements. So the uh, it's always good to hang with him IRL. I have never been to a class reunion ever. Mm, you know, I mean, because you went to because you went to high school in Alaska. 
I, I doesn't matter. I wouldn't have gone anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, you wouldn't have gone. If you went local, would you have gone to a local class reunion? I don't think so. Really? No, I mean, I, it's hard for me to say, right? Because I don't have any high school friends in the area, right? So I don't yeah. have any frame of reference for that. Oh. Um, my wife's came up when we were together, and she's like, do you want to go? And I was like, not at all, but I'll <laughs> go with you if you want well, you me to know, go. You know some of her friends. They would be able to go there. She decided against it, ultimately. Listen, nothing's more painful than having to go to a class reunion with your spouse and you're like the, you know, you're the, this is my husband. Like, That's what I said. You I hardly like, even, you hardly even know the people anymore. And then, especially in a big school, like, you know, she went to a big school. Like I had a graduating class of a hundred people. Like I right. know everyone. And even though these people who are, I was, you know, we were entertaining the other night were freshmen when I was a senior, mm-hmm. I knew all of them. I, 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 at least 75% of them, I walked right in and said, hi, blah, 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 blah. Bang. Just knew them all. I think I would have been more inclined to go to the reunion for the school that I spent my freshman year at here in Washington State. Oh. Uh-huh. And that was up in, you know, Nooksack. <laughs> it's exactly as big as it sounds. <laughs> Nooksack. It's about as big as my Nooksack. Yes, exactly. Anyway. That's exactly right. I've never heard that joke before, ever. <laughs> but it's fun to go back to Carlinville. Yeah. Uh, Things are good in the 62626. They don't change very much. You hit all the, you know, you hit the Taylor's Chili. You hit the, yeah, the Anchor Inn for some beers. It's all, you know. So you isolating for 10 days after coming back from Missouri? Dude, let me tell you what. I probably, I mean, I should. (laughs) I mean, talk about, talk about ingredients for a super spreader event. I definitely should, I'm definitely, I definitely should go. I definitely should roll through the, uh, through the COVID testing drive-through. Time to get a swab jammed up your nose. <laughs> you should do it, what, f- a few days after or right after? Do you have to do it right after or a few days later? I don't know what the incubation period is before a positive test w- after exposure. Five five days? You should probably days. go. I don't know. Did you go back to the office already? No. All right. No. There, <laughs> I, could, I could go to the office. There's no one there. I would be uh-huh. the only one there, too. I'm here exposing my family to it. Anyway. All right. Long prologue. Let's do the show. All right. Segment number one. So we are, uh, since I was at a class reunion, I thought, you know, what are, what, are the, what are the best class reunion movies? What are the ones that I remember? What, which ones I enjoyed? Now, it, it's sort of tricky, and I had to cheat a little bit here and there. But, it, um, I was going to ask you, was like, how, how strict are we? Like, is the movie about a class reunion? Or is it like, is it adjacent? Like, is it adjacent. Like a scene there? Yeah. Oh, it could be just like a scene there. Okay. So I'm, right. I'll lead off. You want me to lead off? Sure. I only came up with four period Total. So yeah. Okay. So um, the first one, I gross point blank. That's that's the first, the, the only one I came up or that came to my mind immediately when you brought this up was gross point blank, and it would right. be if we were ranking these, would be my top choice. Yes, it, it's a it's wildly entertaining. It's a good movie. I'd watch it right now. Right. You know, I think that um, am I am I totally sold on Mini Driver as the as the as the female lead? Not all the time, but uh, but. I watch it pretty regularly. If I if I find it floating around, I generally tune in because it's pretty funny. It's not. It was one of those movies that I don't know. I know everybody liked it, but it occurred in the period of time, sort of pre-internet, when there wasn't. It sort of achieved semi-cult status, but then the internet eclipsed everything that achieved pre-internet cult status, except <laughs> right. for like a handful of touchstones, like Rocky Horror and like mm-hmm. a couple other things like that, and things like Empire Records and. And gross point blank just sort of fell by the wayside. And I, I miss like a little bit. I, I'm, I could use a little more 90s nostalgia. And I'm sure people like, are, feel like sick to hear that. Like there's plenty of 90s nostalgia. <laughs> Specifically for movies though. Because this kind of movie rarely gets made anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? It's all, mm-hmm. it's all superheroes or horror right. movies. And, and right. what, what else even is there? Animation? I yeah. mean there's no... Nobody's making a, a mid-budget, you know... B tier star, like high concept movie that's not coming out yeah, right. Yeah. Or if you're seeing that, it's coming out like on streaming and it's made in Finland. Yeah, he's a hitman going home for his class reunion. Great, that's a great pitch. It's a great, it's a great pitch. Yeah, and, and it's well executed and it's funny and um, the fight scenes are good and like, fantastic. I would argue. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, good, good, big up to Gross Point Blank. Now, why yeah. don't you buy Mini Driver as the female lead? I, just, I don't know. Maybe there's something about Mini Driver that I, it's not her fault. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> it really, I just don't, I just, I don't connect with her as a, as a, I, you know, like maybe it stems from the goodwill hunting thing. Cause again, I don't, I don't, I don't love her as the lead in that either. I don't know. Are you just not attracted enough to her? Is that your issue? No, here? I think she's. I think she's smart. I think no. I think she's plenty attractive. I just don't know. There's there's times where I like Minnie Driver, and there's times that I just I wish you know. I actually really like her in this movie. Uh-huh. I really buy her as the kind of girl that you could have had a seat harbored like secret feelings for for a long time, and then never mm-hmm. really like acted on, and then you get back together as adults, and you find her even more appealing than you did mm-hmm. back then. Like that, I buy it. <laughs> well, speaking of John Cusack, okay. and this is not a, a class reunion movie, but I'm going to make it qualify because I included Hot Tub, hot tub Time Machine. <laughs> um, because it functions as, as a class reunion of sorts, right? Uh-huh. It sort of puts them back in their heyday. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't have a lot to say about it other than, again, super high concept, uh, moderate budget, probably wouldn't get made today. And this is only, what, 10 years ago now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it boils down to like '80s throwback ski hill movie. I, 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 I'm in. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I don't need much more information. John Cusack's in it. Sure, that sounds great. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, yeah, it harkens back to like Hot Dog the movie. Those kind of like those '80s teens. How how was there like an '80s teen ski sex movie? thing that happened there was an 80s ski school and hot dog the movie and there's a couple of others where it's like is this like a teen ski sex kind of romp movie Hilarious. it's aspirational it's aspirational. you have to remember like skiing was like this sort of like think about most of the country does not have skiing right well i certainly grew up in an area of the country where it did not have skiing right whereas sure. i grew up and I, I learned to ski when i was like quite literally a small child yeah um and and then skied all the way through college until I finally was just like, I'm. I actually started. I went back a few years ago, and then I, I finally was like, you know what? This is just not worth the, the effort. And I think we've talked about this before <laughs> yeah. when you're taking your kids up, but I, I I still love it. It holds a special place in my heart, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think that there was something you know exotic about it in the '80s. Yeah, that is the. But Hot Tub Time Machine is also like the Rob. Cordry is his, yeah. is that Cord- mm-hmm. it's like a high watermark. He's so he's like that's the best he's ever been at anything. Probably like, yeah. I mean yeah. he's a pretty good scumbag all the time. And then of course Craig Robinson is always fantastic. <laughs> yes. There's just there's nothing to dislike about Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> it's a good one. All right, uh, the next one I put up was Beautiful Girls. Oh, it's also on my list, and I have a lot to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's the thing about Beautiful Girls. Beautiful Girls is very much, I mean, I know it's set in the Northeast, but that is the kind of place that I grew up, mm. where you can go back and find a handful of dudes who still see each other all the time. They're in the bowling league together, hanging out, high school dudes. Um, it's fun to see them, but yeah, they're still hanging out in this town, you know, a 5,500 and you wonder how they get along, right? Like, you know, you know, what kind of, you know, how do you make a living in a town of, you know, 5,000 people, but you know, they do. And, and there's a lot going on in beautiful girls that, and I, the age of the guys is kind of weird. Cause it's like, is this, what reunion are they having? They seem too old to be having 10. They seem too young to be having 20. They're definitely too young to be having 20. So it's like it has to be 10 because otherwise the the Hutton-Portman thing gets ultra weird. It's it's already weird. It's already it's, weird. It's already ultra weird. <laughs> no, it's double <laughs> ultra weird. If he's older than 30 and she's, you know, and she's, and she's uh, you know, a junior in high school or sophomore in high school. Let me just read you my notes. <laughs> Why is the reunion in the winter? Reunions do happen in the winter. Who's That's having a midlife crisis at 28? <laughs> People who only live to 60? I don't know. Who is genuinely torn between their adult girlfriend and a 13-year-old girl they met, just met? <laughs> Mentally is... ill pedophiles. That's who. <laughs> that girl is Natalie Portman. <laughs> what is happening in... What year was this? 1995? What is happening in 1994 that... That, that the casting agents and I don't know, Natalie Portman's parents are like, yeah, let's let her make two movies in three years where she clearly has an <laughs> inappropriate relationship with a man <laughs> an older who views man. her as a sexual object. You know, Leon does not view her as a sexual object. 
No, I because guess. he's he's the child. He's Fair. the child. He's the child in that. It's movie. more she has feelings for him. Yes, she's yeah. the adult in that movie. He's the child. That's different. But yes, this one is. Yeah, I'm I'm from the big city. I'm a writer. I like maybe my my career isn't going very well. I mean, I go back to my small hometown to find my buddies who are who are <laughs> not living their best lives. Like. Is this one of these things where in the 90s we were kind of like, if you were famous enough, we just let it go? Like Michael Jackson? <laughs> like I don't know. It's What's I happening mean, when they're skating? Uh, yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about that thing. It is, she is obviously, she's obviously too young. Like, you so, think? Well, I mean, people love Mr. Holland's opus. Mm, <laughs> I mean, that's mm, a... He, also terrible. Also terrible. But... You know, there is this, I mean, she just represents, you know, it's weird, but yes, she just represents a simpler time in his life, right? Where when I was in high school, she would have been a very, I would have been, she would have been very cute and very, you know, she's the kind of, like, I was too young and stupid as a 14 year old to realize that maybe this girl had a ton of potential because we're dumb and boys are like this. It's Natalie Portman. What are you talking about? No, the most saying like the, that's the that's the, what she represents in the movie. That's a, it's symbolic. Fine, it's disgusting. Sure. All right. So and, <laughs> anything yes, else? Yes, about no, yes, and girls? no, maybe. No, nothing. Uh, the last one I have is Peggy Sue got married. Sure. And I think it's mostly because it's one of my all-time sort of favorite conceits. Um, what would your middle-aged brain do? Like if you had to relive your life as as a youth. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like the sort of factoid that cat. 32-year-old Kathleen Turner plays a 43-year-old woman and an 18-year-old in the same film. <laughs> they and meanwhile, the difference. Yeah, and then meanwhile, 22-year-old Nicolas Cage does the same thing. Nicolas Cage, what is his voice? <laughs> I mean, he is all in. This is, the, again, this is the brilliant thing about Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage, right up to adaptation, is maybe one of the world's greatest actors. He, he just assumes this thing and it's the voice <laughs> it's the voice of her husband charlie what's his name i don't oh, know God. whatever his name is. i haven't seen it in like it's i don't think hilarious. i've seen this movie since the 90s hilarious i mean amazing and then after adaptation where he completely lays out and plays twins and they don't give him an oscar he decides screw this it's not it's too paychecks hard. paychecks i'm just yeah, doing I'm just this for paychecks now let me go work on the green screen and just get my money Okay, Peggy Sue, sorry, truly a banner movie for people who look middle-aged like way earlier in their life. Yeah, and plus maybe she did go back in time because the dude, the writer dude, like wrote something in the, he writes, he writes a little, hey, something that didn't happen in her real life but happened in the flashback happened and he writes something in the, in the book. Mm. So could have happened. So like she was always the wife, the way Captain America was always the husband, that theory? No, he uh, he was always he was always uh, well. She had actually gone back in time and affected that one week, and then when she decided she would re- reestablish the timeline and goes back to being goes back to 1985 <laughs> to replace <laughs> the time stone. Yes, to replace and, the time stone. <laughs> she it turns out she did maybe have an experience in the past. All right, um, I'll throw in a couple of other. I uh, okay. the best of times. Kurt Russell, Robin Williams. You know this movie? No idea. Where it's. Not it's this is the cheat. This is one of the cheat ones. Okay. Where, um, when they were in high school, Kurt Russell was like the greatest quarterback in the history, and Robin Williams played wide right receiver. In the biggest game of their career, Robin Williams drops a football, and it just plagues him all his life, until later on in their in their thirties, they decide to challenge, recreate this game, so they get their football team back together and they play this game. The shortest football team of all time. Sure. Yeah. It's got a five foot nine quarterback and a five it's, foot six wideout. Well, I mean, it's small town. Like okay. they, they had to play Ampipe. I think Ampipe had a five foot five uh, middle linebacker. <laughs> <laughs> and then I then and here's another two cheat movies. The Big Chill is a cheat movie because mm. it's not a high school reunion. It's a college reunion. But I think of it as a reunion movie. Yeah, I only didn't include it because it was too adult for me. By the t- like, but the- it's way adult. Yeah. It's even adult now. And it's funny because I'm much older than the people are when they made that movie. The the Lawrence cast and all-stars who are all, like, <laughs> amazing actors. Um, Meg Tilly? Well, she had a career. <laughs> but the other, the other people are all pretty amazing. Um, 
and St. Elmo's Fire, which is another sort of, again, post, I guess it's not a reunion. They're sort of living their lives after college, but I threw it on there. You're, you're just dreaming of your, of the, you're inspired by your, your moment of recaptured youth. Yeah, it's not even recaptured youth. You just go through that town and you you see all the things, you know, all the places you used to like. I used to ride my bike here and all these things. You just get like, yeah, it's kind of fun to it's kind of fun to to take a take a side trip through your history and then uh, and then get the heck out of town. I know what you mean. Not a bad deal. All right. Segment number two. Speaking of hot tub time machine, this is our sort of rock and roll time travel ticket. Um, just thinking back to uh, some of the shows you've been to, um, some of the things shows you've liked to have seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought we might might take a take a take a trip back in time. Like, hey, what are some shows you really loved? And if you could, just go back, inhabit your body, and enjoy that show again. Um, maybe choose a couple of those, or go to another show and you know one that you couldn't have seen, didn't see, and would like to experience. Um, what are you, what are you, what are your thoughts? I'm going to start with the second half first because okay. it's more the venue than mm. the bands for me. Okay. And the Rock Candy only operated in Seattle from 1991 to 1999. And that 8-year period of time, I only lived here starting in 97. So for the last 2 years, like it was already infamous to me before I came here as an mm-hmm. all-ages venue. And I probably saw 20 shows in the two years that I lived here. Uh, a lot of times we would just go. Um, but I would love to say that I would love to see basically anyone that played the Rock Candy that I never got to see in that venue. So that, I'd love to see like Everclear in 1995. I would have loved to see Bad Religion in 1996. Um, Rage in 1994. Rage Against the Machine. Can you imagine? No. <laughs> Rage Against the Machine in 1994 in the Rock Candy, which holds like what 250 people, <laughs> right? Maybe small those those sort of small those and I have one of those on my list. Um, but those small venue gigs are the ones that that really stick in your mind for sure. Yeah, um, I mean, like I, I could say that like one of the things that might have made my list was like when I saw Phoenix TX at whatever the Rock Candy became. Like the other side the, of it was a club. The, uh, the It was the, the off-ramp, but it, it wasn't was, It wasn't still the off-ramp at the time. It was under the rail or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I went in there, and I went alone because nobody gave a shit about that band. And mm-hmm. they were hanging out in the bar while the <laughs> openers were playing, and I sat down and like had drinks with them <laughs> as like a 21-year-old, and they like yeah. signed the liner notes. And my, my It's actually behind me on the wall. Nobody can mm-hmm. see it, but you can. Yeah. Um, that's a liner notes frame that I have signed by the band. Uh, and I'm like, it was just a killer time. I did get to see, um, Goldfinger and Rancid at the rock candy though. And that may be the most fun I've ever had at any concert, like in my entire life. Rancid at the Rancid in a small venue would have been fun as hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No question so, about it. I had to start with that because to me, it's like getting to experience just a piece of what was just an epic eight years of music here in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly at being an all ages venue and the fact that I could have like gone to see some of these bands when I'm like six, 15, 16 years old um, is just the kind of thing that I will never really get over missing out on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 My small venue. So in C- in uh, St. Louis, they had a place called Mississippi nights and Mississippi nights was this bar right on the riverfront uh, in this sort of bar area called the landing and, Mississippi Nights was the the biggest of the small venues, and we get national acts through it all the time. Um, I saw Soundgarden there open for Danzig once. The place almost fell down. The, the play, they, they almost wrecked the whole place. Yeah, I didn't even the, mention, by the way, Soundgarden and, and or Pearl Jam at the Rock yeah. Candy. Like, and, right. goes without saying, right? But I did happen to see Nirvana at Mississippi Nights. Small venue. Wow. Yeah. And they would just, I mean... Things were just starting to happen for them. They were on this sort of basically a club tour, and I saw them play at the at Mississippi Nights. Just you know, hey, these guys are pretty good. They kind of got a hit going. It's like, you know, finally grunge kind of reaches the Midwest, and they were just they just happened to be there. So it's like I grabbed a ticket, just drove drove in and just hung out and enjoyed it. It's like I didn't really know what was happening. I didn't realize I was I was experiencing the initial wave of like a cultural zeitgeist, but right. Yeah. You never and, do. No. 
But did you know that that drummer became the uh, the guitar player and lead singer of the Foo Fighters? I heard something like he's like really talented and famous guy, right? <laughs> yeah, something like that. I saw that on Twitter just the other day. I thought I'd share that. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, what's your, what's next on your list? Uh, so this is where we get into the shows that I wish I could go back in and just live it through again. And okay. I would say that this is going to sound funny because ten years on. It sounds ridiculous, but the Black Keys in the parking lot at the University Village, which is a shopping mall here in Seattle. <laughs> it's near the university, which is why it's called New Village. It was actually a when they opened the Microsoft store. That's what this event was. Oh, my God. And somehow through work, I don't remember exactly the circumstances, but I had side stage tickets and got to do a meet and greet. And this is like when this is before they were like super huge, but they, they had just hit big with... Um, the brothers album with uh, you know tighten up mm-hmm. and so this is a good like 10 years ago at least if not longer and even though the meet and greet was like as lame as, as you might expect um because the band doesn't care right, right. it's like high. yeah great i can't they can't wait to take pictures with all these dipshits <laughs> like that's definitely <laughs> the vibe um, i just i've really had both good fortune of just circumstances in my life sort of align with like fandom like i would have probably gone to this found a way to go to this anyway mm-hmm. but to basically be like standing right off the stage and get to sit stand through a set of a band that was cresting in the moment that my fandom was also peaking mm-hmm. it was truly a climax to behold nice nice <laughs> once i said cresting and peaking i felt like yeah. I followed <laughs> you have no choice you're 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 pot committed at that point you gotta get it on i've rubbed my way into a corner <laughs> Um, let's see. I'm going to go for, um, I'm going to go for a repeat here. Okay. Um, so Metallica day on the green, 1991. So my sister and I decide we're going to fly from St. Louis to San Francisco for the weekend to see Metallica's first North American date for the black album, which was at this event called day on the green, which is this huge San It's like a San Francisco hard rock tradition. And, um, they have it at Oakland County Stadium, which is about to fall down. Has been about to fall down since 1991 because it seemed pretty crappy then. I, I, uh-huh. I've been I hear, there. It's I terrible. Hear it's pretty crappy now. But it's right on the BART, right? So we just stayed downtown, had a weekend kind of hanging around in San Francisco, went to the show. I work my way up because it's just general seating. So for most of the other bands who I don't even recall the other bands who played, um, sat in the, the bleachers, and then when Metallica came on, I sort of wiggled my way down front, and and there is a you can see my big giant head and my big giant head of hair in one of the uh, in Sad but True, the live cut from Day on the Green, uh, nineteen ninety one, right there in front of James, about fifty feet into the fifty feet into the crowd there. That anyway, sounds- it was a fun. It was you know it was. It was, you know, again, it was people were just, you know, climbing onto the bandwagon right. for, for Metallica. And it was just, you know, it was a, a good metal crowd, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And you would have been in your early 20s. Yeah. I'd have been, yeah. It's just, yeah. It was in my early 20s. That's, that's, that, that's the best time, right? Yeah. You've like got the, you've got shows. the energy. You get the yeah. energy for it, right? Yeah. That's the, that's part, that's the part you realize is like, I'd love to see such and such, but God damn, I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not going to the uh, White River Amphitheater under any circumstances. So, you know. Well, sorry. you know, you can move around there. Okay. There's <laughs> chairs at the White River. But getting in and out of there and like all that other shit, I, just, I can't do. I can't all do right. it. Um, for me, uh, my next one is uh, The Raconteurs. And is, this this a reli- is, is this a relive? Yeah, it's a relive. I don't have okay. any more. Uh, I wish I could have seen. Well, okay. I do. I have a combination, actually. Okay. Um, but this is but a relive. You'd like to relive the raconteurs. Yes. And this was at the Wamu Theater, which is not like a special venue by any means. It's just um, a big cement block box. It is. But they do a pretty good job with the acoustics in there. Uh, it's not the worst. Like I've been in bad. Like Key Arena. There's nothing worse than Key Arena. Oh, Key Going to show Key Arena is like, you might as well not go. Just put uh, a speaker and then like put a big, like, I don't know, bag of shit over it and then listen <laughs> to the music through that. And that's the idea of what the key arena sounds like. Right. Um, but this is probably the last time I was still willing to push my way through a general admission crowd. You brought that up and it brought, it immediately brought me back to that um, for a good place to stand, right? Like, like okay, let's, we're going to push through the crowd. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, in my opinion, Jack White at the peak of his powers. I think this was like 2008, maybe 2009. Um, and I can't think of really many shows that I enjoyed this much purely on a sonic level, just purely watching 
people play guitar and do mm. it in such a um, virtuosic. Is that a word? Virtuosic. Can you can you use virtuoso as an adjective? I think so, but right. I don't know if that's the. You right understand what I'm getting at? I'm though. with you. I'm with you. Someone it was will, just one of those things. Us. Yeah, and it was one of those <laughs> things where it's just like, damn, that guy's good at playing guitar. <laughs> and just uh, you know, I mean, I think that I, I hearken back to it because of the fact that I don't think that you could pay me to wade mm-hmm. through a GA crowd to stand like shoulder to shoulder with a million people. Right. Right. The uh, here's the here's a one that this isn't a relive. This was a I wish. Okay. Um, I wish I saw the Beatles at like Shea Stadium. Okay, like, you, you know it didn't sound good. You because know, they basically <laughs> they basically had stage amps and like a PA, right. probably worse than what we had playing at a at a at a at a bar in Carlinville, Illinois. Like our equipment was probably better than the, what the Beatles had. Right, like what are the Shea odds stadium? they're just playing through the stadium sound system? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> terrible today, but, today today but those uh but the but the but the video from those that that concert is just unbelievable like people are just melting down like it's 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 un, it's just a piece of history that i would love to have been at the beatles is such an interesting thing because there's no way for a a, a, a current person like someone who's born i think after maybe it's i think it stops with just about about with me because like mm. I can appreciate it, but that might be because I've played music and I understand what it means to the history of music. Mm-hmm. But like, if you're a current person who's 25, your opinion is the Beatles are suck, and you don't understand why anybody gives a shit about them. Right. But right. I can imagine like in 1968, and all you've heard is like Frankie Valley. Yeah. Right. And the Beatles like, come. Yeah. Yeah. Like the best song you've ever heard is like Begging. By Frankie Valley, right? You're like, wow, that's that's amazing. That's because mm-hmm. that is actually a really good song, and they yeah. just, there's a, re, a remake of it that's popular again, which goes to show you that truly classic music never goes out of style. But I could see the Beatles melting your face off in 1968. It makes a lot of sense if you mm-hmm. understand the previous context, right? Yeah. So, uh, um, and then um, and my, the other uh, show that I would have loved to have seen live would be Van Halen at the US Festival mm. in 1981. And that video is on YouTube, and you can watch the whole thing. It is two hours of just rock and roll heaven. <laughs> Dave, I, like Dave, is just fucked up. Like he can't <laughs> even remember the words of most of the songs. But <laughs> but Ed is. I mean, the whole thing, the whole vibe is just is just everything you need to know about Van Halen. It's amazing. So I need to fun. understand the genetics that go into being like a raging alcoholic with wildly like, but but retaining all of your fine motor skills. <laughs> Like I don't know, practice. I, yeah, guess. I guess you just I have guess. to practice to the point. Where that's all. It seems like that's all Eddie ever did was play. Yes, yeah, right. Like he was just in. Bl- he was blacked out and just muscle memory. It was just. Yeah. He was just playing. The music just was flowing through him. It's kind of like how if you're a skilled enough golfer, you can be shit faced and still play. <laughs> right. You're just. <laughs> you're just. You're. You're just allowing your body to move. Yeah, just do it. Don't just think do about it. Just don't do think it. about it. I want to close up with one last one because it, it touches both. So English beat at the Showbox, and this is like 2011. Um, <laughs> 2011. Yeah. So I got like really into the English beat at the end of the 2010s uh, for whatever <laughs> reason. I don't know, and I still like the music. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I would have loved to see them in like 1982, but but in England first of all, because it would just sure. been the beat. I could have got a shirt that said <laughs> right. the beat, which would have been cool. Uh, or or at the guitar store near Green Lake, because I found out that prior to a 2014 show in Seattle. They played like for like 60 people in the guitar store that same day beforehand, which was like down the street from my house. And I lived there and I did not know. So doubled up on that one. That's funny. That's funny. All right. That's good. All right. Let's I go. Liked, I like that. I don't know if anybody else will care about our memories, but I know, but that's it. good. But people, people will, will remember for themselves like shows that they want would like to relive or shows they would like to see and, and you can share those with us please you know, do i would actually love to hear your like fake shows like i wish i could have been here right with this band and like, uh-huh. at, at this time and place in this yeah. venue like yeah. that i mean the, the, i think the venue is very specific mm-hmm. like it matters it's like it matters it matters a lot like going to see you two under a blood red sky at like red rock i mean yeah something like that would have been like amazing basically any time before art pop <laughs> right or no not or not art pop just pop no uh pop pop no yeah what was the record called i saw you two i saw you two during joshua tree that sounds good yeah that was that was amazing 
In fact, it was the night of like Game Six of the World Series that the Cardinals were playing in, and everybody had everybody. Uh, we couldn't check. We you had no way to check the scores, right? Because it was nineteen eighty-seven or eighty-eight, mm-hmm. and so we were all like, "I wonder who won." I had a college buddy who was like a huge U two fan in like uh-huh. nineteen ninety-seven, and that seemed weird and old at the time. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's the last time I saw him live was then. Anyway, all right. Um, segment number three. So we transition out of rock and roll and into sports for our U.S. Open update from Flushing, Queens. And um, because it's a work from home kind of thing, uh, last couple weeks. Flooding um, Queens. <laughs> flooding Queens, seriously. The, um, I've, I've, I've happened to turn it on. You know, you leave it on like a fish tank, right? You just turn it on, like watch, <laughs> just sort of walk by it and like look at it every now and again, mm-hmm. and see what's happening. But, um, but for some odd reason, is I'm finding this year to be more compelling uh, from a from a from a from a play standpoint on both sides of the. You know, I'm even finding some of the women's matches this year exciting, not just palatable. Like, like the level of play has been poor. Over the last few years, but it seems like like things are picking up, and I and I can appreciate that when you know as as I'm watching it. So kudos to everyone for picking up their game. I find that so one I've watched like I mentioned more of it than I have more of it this year than than many years previously, and I find that the reason for that is because unlike when I had regular cable and I would look through the guide and I'd see it and just ignore it, mm-hmm. now because I use YouTube TV. And it shows me all of the stuff that's happening right now, right at the top when I log in. I just choose that instead of looking for something else. Mm-hmm. And what happens is I either get sucked in or I don't, right? And I'll leave it on or walk away, whatever. But, like, I keep getting suck, sucked into random matches. And most of what it entails is me, like, Googling who these people are. <laughs> sure. Like, or like, who is Barbara Krejcikova? <laughs> Barbara Krejcikova. <laughs> Yeah, right. Well, there's an O, so I felt like... I yes, to... Barbora. <laughs> yeah. Yes, she is Barbora. Yes. Uh, well, like, I, I, and I, I end up getting sucked in by weird names. So, <laughs> Garbina nice... Muguruza. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. She no, designed the... Derelict. Right. <laughs> the, um, but the other, the other thing that works for the U.S. Open, especially for West Coast people like us, is the mm-hmm. fact that primetime comes on at 5 o'clock and so are they playing that... till 1 a.m.? Oh, yes. That seems so... really poorly played. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the deal. So the night matches start at 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, That's crazy. On, That's crazy. In New York City. Now, it, it flip-flops back and forth. Sometimes it's the women's match that goes first, and sometimes it's the men's match that goes first. Mm-hmm. Now, if the women's match goes first, even the longest women's match is about an hour and a half. Right? If it goes 30 three minutes, yeah. Yeah, if it goes three sets, it's like an hour and a half, maybe right. two on the absolute outside. But sometimes the men's match goes five sets. And these women, like, there were women who took the court the other night at, like, 1130, like, 1130 at night on a, on, you know. And God bless those people for staying to watch. But here on the West Coast, it's great because it comes on at five o'clock. You flick it on. You get, two, you get two matches. You get a women's match and a men's match every week for two weeks. And it's perfect for me because I just flick it on. Dinner happens, hanging around, you know, doom scrolling my Twitter <laughs> and watching tennis for two weeks. It's not a bad deal. Mm-hmm. So, um, but like I said, I've been I've been glad to see that the uh, that the the talent has has is perking up now. I have found new fandom in a couple of players: one from the men's side, one from the women's side. Both Canadians. What up, Canada? Both Canadians. Right. First, there is Leila Fernandez. Yes. Who is the Ecuadorian Filipino Canadian. Okay. Who is awesome. Lefty. She's a crafty lefty. And, you know, she's a Filipino girl. So, hey, there you go. In the spirit of beautiful girls, give me the all teen women's final. (laughs) Give me the Radicanu on top of that? Give me Radicanu versus Leila Fernandez. This one's for the Commonwealth, the champion (laughs) of the United States. Yeah, talk about beautiful girl. Yeah, Don't get me started on Radicani. I wasn't talking about that. I was. Well, yes, you it. were. <laughs> You're like, what are you googling? What are you googling, Radicani? Um, but yes, actually, Radicani, born in Toronto. 
Ah. Moved to England as a child represents England. So it's Canada. Dual citizenship. So Canada is 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 going to be the tennis powerhouse because what a few years ago, a Canadian uh, woman won the U.S. Open. Uh, BB, BB, you know, BB they can't win a Stanley Cup. They can't win a Stanley Cup. So it's fine. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> you got to do that, didn't you? I do it just because I know that they're like, no, no, it's Canadian players. Nah, nah, yeah, we nah, all nah. know. We yeah. all know. And then uh, my other favorite is Felix FAA. Felix, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I like him too. He's really a, Felix Auger Alissime. Yes. Who is, it's funny because you watch him play and then he like stands near like people near the sideline. He's a monster. He's huge. He's like, you know, all these tennis players are huge these days. Like they're all like 6'4", six, 6'6". Six, six. It's still hard to watch men's tennis. It's not particularly um, entertaining. I think that this surface, you know, plays to it gives you a little more variety. Like people can do some different things. You could serve and volley a little bit. You can baseline mm-hmm. a little bit. But Felix, you know, FAA has been awesome. He's he's a terrific athlete. Um, he's a super nice dude too. You know, you know, he's thoughtful. And, and he interviews sort of, well. He interviews well, and it and it sort of take and so do the others. You know, everyone who's in the draw right now is. And not to demean people who are struggling with mental health issues, but it's been too much of a focus maybe on on the sport. It's um, you know we've we've got you know sometimes you just want to watch tennis, and it seems like the people who are in the draw right now are all seem very happy to be playing tennis and are playing tennis well, and and that's and that's refreshing. I appreciate that Naomi's feeling comfortable being open and saying I need a break and whatever and I'm not getting any joy from this and if you don't like it then don't do it by all mm-hmm. but, you know but, and that's you know it's it's unfortunate right I think that as fans of sport we always want the people who are gifted to sure. do their absolute best right and I think it's you see fandom get frustrated with that a lot um, and and there's a lot of toxic fandom in the world right there's oh, sure. an unbelievable amount of toxic fandom like the kind of shit that people DM or text player not text but I like Send DMs and or, 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 oh, or just, jump on Instagram and just like just, just yeah. horrid things about their family and, yeah. and the U.S. Solheim Cup women got oh, settled uh, down <laughs> seriously. Jesus. God, people take a chill. I mean, yeah. honestly, they're, I mean they're just it's they're just playing sports to entertain you. Don't it doesn't need to be a thing. You yeah. don't have to like attack them personally. <laughs> I just. I truly cannot even begin to comprehend the thought process of watching sports and then like logging on to the internet to like just hurl invective at like some <laughs> person you've never met about yeah. something you watched on television. Yeah. I it's just disgusting. Yeah. But I do agree to some extent with your your assertion because you know she was quoted as saying um I don't get any joy from winning. It's just relief. And I'm like, yeah, that's just high level sports. Yeah. Like that's just, that's, that's what it is. So if you're, mm-hmm. if that's not going to, you know, if you're not going to get anything out of it, then go do something else. Yeah. And yeah. It's, a, and it's unfortunate for us as fans because you're right. talented. We'd like to watch you play, but yeah. if you don't like it, you should do something else. Sure. I would love to see her compete because she's one of the most talented tennis players in the whole world. And that's the whole point of watching sports. You want to see the most talented people participate. But yeah, there, there's no sense in doing it if it's just going to make you, you know, make you harm yourself. <laughs> well, it's kind of like the Brooks Kepka thing that we talked about in the past. Sorry, Bruce Kupka thing that we talked about in the sure. past. Um, where, you know, I don't even like golf. Okay, settle down. <laughs> nobody <laughs> nobody wants to hear that at all. Nobody wants not, to. not a single person is interested in how, whether or not you like it. Listen, like Andre Agassi, save it for the autobiography, right? Let me know after your career is well over that you fucking hated it. Like it was the word you, you did it because your dad made you do it and you were great at it. But you deep down inside, you hated playing tennis, Yeah. but you couldn't think of anything. You weren't, you weren't brave enough to do anything else. And I can respect that a lot of people, um, sorry, I, I can respect an athlete for being honest about their feelings and, mm. and sharing it with us. But you got to understand that there are a lot of people who are too emotionally immature to get over the idea that they would do literally anything to trade places with you. Yeah. There are too many sports fans. And I mean, as a younger person, I, you know, I can't imagine like I, I play for free, right? Yeah. You get to play sports for a living. That's a dream. 
for yeah. millions and millions of people who will never ever achieve that and right. many of them are not able ever are, are not able to get past that and you're unfortunately now going to hear from them because that's how the world is set up mm-hmm. it used yeah. to be that you could say whatever you wanted and like what people are writing no letters to si <laughs> right like no Don't care. no Don't care. no but now now you got to log on the internet and it's mm, fuck you Right, <laughs> you suck, dude. Right, you're getting double Bull. barrels because you're just trying to say, "Hey, you know what? This isn't my favorite thing in the world." Right, yeah. right. But the uh, but it's nice to see, like I said, it's nice to see um, people enjoying it and 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 competing and 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 now we get into Novak Djokovic, who we all have mixed feelings about. But it's at become least a hard pass for me. At least he at least he didn't win the gold medal. So he's not going to have like the golden slam, golden yep. calendar slam, which would made him the goat, and no one would be able to assail him at all. He still might, he still has, he still might win the calendar slam, which would make him only the second player in the history of tennis to make the to, to make the calendar slam, um, which probably gives him the goat card, which makes me, which makes my stomach hurt. <laughs> but, but it is what it is. He's amazing. I mean, I was watching his match tonight, and it's like. You know, it's just a pure athlete. I mean, he's an a hole, yeah. or you could just, or, or he's just, you know, odious in that sort of way. He is. Well, but, that that whole thing in the Olympics where he basically shit talked Naomi Osaka and then 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 threw a fit on court like the like the next day. It's like, oh, so you're the kind of person that I just don't ever want to be around, right? Because you yes. have zero zero self reflection or zero understanding that you shouldn't say these things about other people. How hard is it just to say? I don't know, and I, if she's having a hard time, I, I hope she's able to get through it. That's yeah. really all you have to say. Yeah. You don't need to do what even what I just did and said. Well, that's tennis. Yeah, the which is you know again as the, the there's the self awareness of the whole. You are the top of the sport. Yeah, like the things that you say actually have weight. Yeah. You know, with people, with the media, with people, and which which I can always appreciate that Tiger, for the most part. Knew his. I mean, he, he well, I was just thinking, things. like, this is why it was such a problem, right? When you found out that Tiger was just slinging it, yeah, from here but, to from Bennigan's from from coast to coast. <laughs> but but when he interviewed, he understood his role in the sport. He understood that if he said something inflammatory or something like that, it would carry a lot of weight. He, you know, it would be a thing, and he. I think he did his best to not say those things. Jordan he let was the Fuzzy same Zeller way. get away with being a racist, basically scot free for the most part. Yeah, and Jordan was the same way. You know, Michael Jordan. He just, he just, he just understood what you know where he was in the sport. So he, I don't know if he was as supportive as he could have been for people. That really wasn't the time or place for it. But he wasn't. He didn't. He didn't crush people like fully in the media, like to their face. Right. You know what I'm saying? No, he saved it for on the court. And he saved it for on the court and. And for the documentary <laughs> that came out. Hall of Fame acceptance speech. <laughs> and the five-part ESPN documentary that came out. Uh, I really – so I got sucked into – last thing on the U.S. Open before we move oh. on. But, uh, I got sucked into the Djokovic-Brooksby match. Brooksby matched a couple – Brooksby. That's hard to say. I don't know. It is. Brooksby match a couple of nights ago. Mm-hmm. And I was upset with the uh, New York crowd for cheering for Novak in the third set. Like a, like a lot. Yeah, I was like, yeah. wait a minute. Back the American kid. Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> Cheering for a prick over a guy from like the US. I don't know. Tennis fans. I don't know, it's, man. The tennis fans are international, that's why. All right. Like, well, it's a, it's those, that's the people who are attending those. The Americans aren't attending the US Open anymore. It's uh <laughs> it's anybody but Djokovic for me for here on out from here on out. That guy can get fucked. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna have the goat hand though, which sucks. No, fuck him. All right, well, <laughs> it will never be him. Not ever. recognized ever. <laughs> Asterisk. <laughs> Barry Bonds home run king. Novak Djokovic. <laughs> the Barry Bonds home run king award goes to Novak Djokovic. Anyway, all right. Um. Well, you know what time this is. Are you stupid or something? Are you crazy? Or just plain stupid? Are you stupid or something? Stupid is, stupid does, sir. The stupidest things ever said. How come? (laughs) 
I want to try this. We've got a resume for uh, for IT help desk technician. Current employer confidential. Accomplishments unable to disclose. <laughs> I work for the CIA and I strangle people. Can't tell you. But I can't tell you. Computer shit. <laughs> I, th- I should do that. On-screen caption during an episode of Fox and Friends on the Fox <laughs> News Network. Trump cuts USA to three Mexican countries. <laughs> That's just classic racism. I love it. Classic. Great job. Here's Chris Collinsworth, everybody's favorite Sunday night football announcer. Mm-hmm. This could this could impact this depending on what happens. <laughs> this could really ah. I tell you, Al, this could impact this, depending on what happens. I don't know what that <laughs> voice was. No, that's not, that's not the call. The Collinsworth voice is like this. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. I can only do mimicry when I first hear it. I can't, rec- <laughs> I can't recreate it from my brain. I, I, I could do it if I could hear it. Yeah. If you, if you, yeah, if you saw a clip, then you could mimic yes, him. Yes, correct. All right. But I can't, I can't do it from ever. <laughs> I mean, I try to do it on the show. It always goes poorly. Just stop. <laughs> Can you do your Australian accent for me? (laughs) (laughs) Can you read the next one in an Australian accent? Please don't. Uh, No, I can't do it. (laughs) Uh, This is State Senate Representative Tom Corbin, R, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Well, you know God created man first. Then he took the rib out of a man to make woman. And you know... A rib is a lesser cut of meat. <laughs> the hell you say. Right? The, the best one. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? This, this Prime moron. rib? Baby back ribs? The ribs are the... That, that's, where, that's where shit is happening. You know, God created man first. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Then he took the rib out of man to make woman. And you know, a rib is a lesser cut of meat. <laughs> It's a mill, it's in the ballpark. A little muddled, but in the ballpark. <laughs> Thank you for trying. Here we have Gwyneth Paltrow. Okay. You do a Gwyneth Paltrow impression? <laughs> I don't what is that? I don't even know. Generic generic uh, mall girl. Anyway. Wide woman's Instagram. I just think the more you can do to maximize your health while you're alive, the better. You know, she does have a bunch of she does that goop. And vagina candles and whatnot. Maximize your life. Yeah. I mean, I mean, your life isn't maximized until you've, I don't know, gone plant-based and have vagina candles. Sure. <laughs> Hard to argue with that, I isn't it? I don't have a comeback for that. I, 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 I said it as a joke, and it just <laughs> turned out to be true. Yeah. yeah. Overheard on a Paris train platform. Tourist number one on a Eurostar train platform. What time does the train depart? I'm not sure. The ticket only has military time on it. I wish they would just use normal time. It's offensive to us Americans who don't understand military time. (laughs) Fucking A, man. Man, just, you've traveled internationally enough and as have I, and it's just just whatever I can do to not be the American, right? Like, when I went to France... It's like I just tried to, you know, use the eight phrases that I had, you know, remembered from high school French and just kind of move through through there and just just try. And people were very sweet about it when you're trying. Yeah. But if you walk into places and like, how come I don't understand any of these menu items? Do you have an English menu? <laughs> What's it? <laughs> Oof. <laughs> well, of course, that's why the French like a small breakfast. Because one egg is enough. Yeah, I know. Thank you. Dad, dad jokes. Dad joke of the week. Hashtag. <laughs> I just, man, imagine admitting to a, a stranger that you don't know how to subtract 12 <laughs> from any number. Right. It's a 24-hour clock all the time. Just because right. you don't under, like don't realize that doesn't Dude, mean it doesn't exist. Once I get into like 16, uh, 17, 18, 19, like the odd numbers, that's when shit gets weird. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Seventeen twenty-three. What the hell time is it? God damn. <laughs> I remember uh, when I had the international job, I changed all of my personal clocks to um, twenty-four hour clocks, so it yeah. was easier for me to keep track of where I was uh, 
as I went through the day, like who wow. was who was online. Right. It's just a lot easier to remember. Mm. I remember my dad asked me why, like my my car clock was twenty four hours. I was like, because I work a twenty four hour job. <laughs> <laughs> gotta have. I gotta know what time it is in like Singapore at all times. Right. All right. Last one. Conversation overheard in electric electronic store. Customer. I want a computer where I can type in Russian and it will print in English. Salesperson. I'm afraid we don't have Russian keyboards. Oh, that's okay. I'll just tape Russian letters on. But it will still be an English keyboard. Okay, so what if I glue the letters on? <laughs> you know, it's not uh-huh. what you write on the keys that, that really, sends the information. Really not. No. Although, I've seen a Cyrillic keyboard. This is crazy. I mean, yeah. I love it. I love the foreign language keyboards are amazing, first of all, because I don't know what any of those letters mean. <laughs> so you're just looking at it. You're like, I don't know. I don't know what that is. I have a solid half dozen alt codes rem- memorized so that I can use like Enya and umlauts. And... Sure. Yeah. But, but you, know, I, you know, we live in a world with a lot of languages in it. So it's cool to see some of those things pop up i work for an international company sometimes you know you see a you see an odd keyboard on a laptop here and there it's also good not to go through life thinking that everyone speaks english because you live in the united states right that's but that's not what we do here an astounding <laughs> number of americans don't realize that people speak <laughs> languages other than english it's just, it's, it's 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 amazing it's and i epidemic. love it i love it all right overtime overtime we are right, overtime. So, so yeah, we're running late tonight, but we had a lot of we have a lot to catch up on. You've been not gone. Too, we're not too late. We're not too late. So this week in overtime, um, I I made reference to an amazing piece of nostalgia farming. And this week, Steve Burns from Blues Clues just popped in for popped in to say hi, and the internet has gone relatively wild over it. Huh. And. You know, it's popping. And, and I was thinking about Blue's Clues because I watched a shitload of Blue's Clues. You know, you know if you have small children, you mm-hmm. just end up watching things. And I, and I generally enjoy Blue's Clues for the reasons that, that make it sticky. Like, there's an excellent sort of long-form article, and maybe I'll dig it up and post it, about the, the way they made Blue's Clues sticky. And, and Steve is a big part of that because, you know, he's obviously the original dude. But... I don't think I saw, I mean, it's like 25 years of Blue's Clues right now. Like it's the 25th anniversary. You know, my kids are, my, my, my oldest is 16. So there was a whole, I think he was already, I think his whole run was over by the time I, I got onto Blue's Clues. And I, I got brother Joe, who was perhaps a little too excited <laughs> to be on Blue's Clues. <laughs> But then was Natalie but, Portman there. But, but then you get the wraparound, and then you get the Steve ones, and I was like, "Oh, well, I get it now." Steve, Steve, Steve is a very calming presence in your life. Like you could turn on, you know, an hour's, you know, a back-to-back, you know, hour or a couple hours of Blues Clues, and you just sit back and relax and be like, "Oh yeah, I get it." Yeah, the kids are like watching it, and it's it's good. But he rolled in, and and again, parents who are older from kids who grew up watching it, mm-hmm. you know, just. There's been a huge outpouring of, of love and excitement for this two minutes of, of Steve popping in to say hi. Sorry and, I ruined your life <laughs> by leaving. <laughs> the original, I think the original story behind him leaving was the fact that he just said, I was getting a little old and a little bald. And I didn't think, I thought maybe, you know, Blue's Clues needed a younger face. Hmm. And so he, he abdicated. And, but it's like, I'm sorry. It was so abrupt. I just like, I went to college. I got on a bus and I left. <laughs> I have to say, so Blue's Clues, I'm aware, culturally aware of it, mm-hmm. but it started when I was 17 mm-hmm. and it missed, I missed it completely. Sure. I, I've only seen it as an artifact on the internet. Never the live show. Your kids, your kids never, did your kids watch any Blue's Clues as they, when they were, when they were younger? I don't know. As they are young? No. No, it just they just missed it. Like it just wasn't one of the programs that 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 got at them. No, I don't even know where we would have seen it at the time. Nick on TV, Nick Junior. I don't know why we they weren't old enough. I, I I really have no idea. But no, I mean you know my youngest daughter was born in twenty or sorry my oldest daughter was born in twenty twelve, so clearly Blue's Clues has been running this whole time. But I've never ever once seen an episode of it. Oh, right. I know Steve. Like again, 
through internet artifacts mm-hmm. and other people's adoration of the yeah. show. Right. I mean, you know, there's there's a certainly a large swath of the population that knows how to play Blue's Clues. Yeah. You know, I have no to idea. Play, to play Blue's Clues, you got to find a paw print. <laughs> I like how he gets sappy and says, I never forgot you ever. And then people are posting, like, oh, it's making me cry. Yeah, I love him. I love you, Steve. <laughs> I missed you. Why'd you leave me? <laughs> <laughs> All these people crying over. And I did. I, I thought it was a very sweet thing that he said. It, it was encouraging and and fun and uh and i liked it and uh my daughter watched it to watch the video she's oh my god sweet well i'm glad you got something out of it i did i did it it brought me back to you know those times when you're sitting with your little kiddos watching little blues clues it was uh it's good so thanks like if it was like dj lance (laughs) dj dj lance put a video out (laughs) dj lance god DJ Lance is is pretty awesome. The best. That show ruled. I, I loved it. The uh, we'll have to we'll have to count down some uh, we'll have to count down some uh, some other uh, some some best children's uh, modern children's uh, shows stuff you at had some to point. sit through. Do you remember the one that, <laughs> now that you mentioned DJ Lance? There was this thing on Nick Jr. called uh, Choo Choo Soul, and it was this. This dancing lady, this dance lady, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. who used to like sing about sing about the Shinkansen. It's a bullet train. <laughs> she's yeah, like, yeah. And she was like basically this woman straight out of a club wearing this like really tight like engine like this yeah really tight. Uh, I'm extremely familiar with what you're talking about. Yeah, it's like this extremely attractive woman who's like with who's obviously a professional dancer dressed up in this conductor's outfit. Yeah, and then the the DJ was like again who looked like Reggie Bush. I think <laughs> the DJ was Reggie Bush. He was a train engineer. Anyway, Choo Choo Soul. Yeah. So maybe she'll put out a video that she's been missing me for for the last fifteen years. Now that one, I can identify with. <laughs> all right, that's our show. Our thanks to all of you for listening to Two on Three Pod, where we try to fit both your brains and ours with bespoke new ideas. Except for this week, when we were exclusively nostalgia. Subscribe, review, tell your friends and your enemies, and meet us here next week for more pop culture, life strategies, and existentialism. But until then, choo-choo soul. Choo-choo soul.